0: We want to have confidence that God approves and takes the light in our actions, the manner in which we conduct business, the favor we treat people, and how we carry ourselves. It happens when we allow him to order our steps. In fact, I found out when you look at scripture, even if you don't want to get right, God has a way of, listen, he loved you enough, he'll help you to get right. Y'all remember that brother that said, hey, you know what? God ain't going to preach to these folks. I ain't going to preach to these folks. I ain't going to preach to these folks. He went another way, but his steps were ordered
1: back the other way. You're now in tune to the Heaven Bound broadcast with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia. Now prepare to be empowered and equipped with the rich word of
0: God. Influence can be defined as the capacity to have an effect on the character the v- character development character as well as the development or behavior of someone influence is synonymous with words like impact the ability to sway or make an impression on someone when I think about influence I think about the number of people that have made a positive impression on my life which has helped me sh- shape me into the person that I am today I think about the coaches and the teachers and the friends and the, those individuals who impacted me, whether individually, corporately, they knew about it, sometimes they didn't know about it, but they made an impact nevertheless. I think about my mother, my father, my grandmothers, my grandfathers, my uncles, and my aunts who taught me work habits character traits, the importance of family, and how to be a productive citizen. I think about my grandmother, who was one of the hardest working people I think I've ever seen. She would work all day and come home, and I remember, many time, I remember one time she was to paint the house. She, she couldn't afford to hire anybody. She just painted herself, and it was quite a feat to watch her paint the house, because she had me helping her and, and much I could do. I couldn't paint that good, uh, but it was just something to think about today. There's my pastor who taught me and continues to teach me directly and indirectly how to be a Christian man, a pastor, a husband, a man of character, as well as integ- a man of integrity. There, co- there were co-workers, people like of uh, communities, elderly people, church mothers, elderly men, and so forth that swayed me to and helped me to make good choices, see the big picture, and not to get caught up in things that are insignificant. Are petty. There are people in the church, that, there are people in this church, they're in this sanctuary right now, that have had and are having a major influence in my life today from the youngest all the way to the more mature. To see your diligence, to pray, Desire to live a life that's pleasing and approved by God impresses upon me to strive to feed you with knowledge as well as understanding in a greater way. Your influence has helped me, is helping me to become a better pastor. I think about my influences, but if you think about your own personal influences, people that have influenced you over the years that have helped you to be the person you are today. I'm grateful to have my immediate family that has helped me and continues to help me to be a better man, a better husband, a better father, a better brother, a better uncle, a better cousin, and so forth. Then there is the greatest influencer, in my opinion, of all time, and his name is Jesus. He is the greatest influencer the world has ever known. He is still influencing people today. And I've learned that he has been the major force in orchestrating the influence arena in my life. He has been the one who has helped people to come into my life and influence me. He's also taken people out of my life that had me going in the wrong direction. He continues to influence me directly and indirectly each and every day. He continues to order my steps, even though... I may not even realize he's doing so, but I am tremendously grateful. And how many of you are grateful for the fact that God orders your steps? He orders your steps. I mean, he's been, let me say this to you, he's been doing it longer than you can probably even know about it. He know, he was influencing you even when you wasn't saved. He had some things set up for you. He was just setting you up for the day that you would give your life to Jesus the Lord continues to provide care to develop opportunities, moral adjustments, and so forth, not to mention plenty of opportunities for me to make an impact through my witness, my lifestyle, and my example as a believer in Christ. And I know he's doing the same thing for us in this sanctuary. When we allow the Holy Spirit to lead and guide and influence us, he knows the path that's best for us. He knows the relationships that are best for us. He knows the job or the business that is best for us. In fact, you're not in this job or the job that you're in by accident. God knows exactly why he has you there. God could hide you anywhere. He could pay, he could make sure. God is not intimidated by an HR person. He's not intimidated by a supervisor or anybody else. He knows why he has you in the place that he has you. Now, when we read scriptures like Psalms 37 and 23, let's go there, Psalms 37 and 23. When that comes to mind, it relates to the importance of us to allow God to lead and to guide us. Notice in Psalms 37 and 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. So the steps are the goings of a good man or order order by the Lord. They're directed by the Lord, they're prepared by the Lord, and they're established by, notice this, the Lord. Not man, not your supervisor, not even you. Because let's face it, if it was left up to us, we would have messed up our steps. But God knows what steps we need to be ordered in and established in. And he delights. He takes pleasure and he favors us in his way. We want to walk or be favored in God's favor. We want to have confidence that God approves and takes the light in our actions, the manner in which we conduct business, the favor we treat people, and how we carry ourselves. It happens when we allow him to order our steps. In fact, I found out when you look at scripture, even if you don't want to get right, God has a way of, listen, he loved you enough, he'll help you to get right. Y'all remember that brother that said, hey, you know what? God, I ain't going to preach to these folks. I ain't going to preach to these folks. I ain't going to preach to these folks. He went another way. But his steps were ordered back the other way. He got messing around, boy, and all of a sudden a big old fish came and grabbed him up, boy. Stayed there, the Bible says, in three days and three nights. But, boy, he caught the revelation, though. He came out of there. He made a a three-day journey in one day. He was, I got to feel what God told me to do. He got back on the track. And I, I, and I know he ain't the only one that's been, you got on the wrong track and God got you back on track. Because God loves us enough. When You say, I'm a, Lord, I will to acknowledge you in all my ways and you're going to direct my path. He's he going to direct it, all right. He's definitely going to direct it. But we appreciate that. God loves us enough to order our steps. Now, in today's message, we'll look at a man of influence named Cornelius. Cornelius was being used directly and indirectly by Jesus to be a major influence for himself, his household, and the preaching of the gospel, which led to people getting saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. See, in my opinion, Cornelius was a man who was intentional. He made a deliberate choice in doing what was necessary to ensure that his household had an opportunity to receive God's best for their life. To serve and to grow in being more Christ minded, we must be in Intentional. We have to be God conscious, calculated and purposeful when it comes to being committed to God, praying, giving and even when it comes to having reverence and respect for God, his word, his church and God's way. Sometimes in our walk with Christ, we may not know or understand everything the Lord is doing, but we receive it by faith for our family, even our finance, but we trust the process better than we trust our own way of thinking. Ooh, I thank God I trust his process better than my way of thinking. Because I looked at my, look my situation, sometimes I say, ooh, God, what, we, what have I gotten myself into? But the Lord loved me enough to help me to get out of it and to learn from what I went through. We must remain intentional in praying, seeking, and carrying out his will according to what we hear and understand weekly in his word. Like, for example, he sends a word about prayer. Then I need to be intentional about praying and communion with God. He sends a word about family. I have to be intentional about seeing my family the way God sees my family. And like many of us, we may not even know everything that God's getting ready to do. But we know enough to continue to seek the Lord, allow the Lord to direct direct us and his household. You know, sometimes when you're dealing with your family, you don't really know what to do. But God, if you continue to seek the Lord, he'll kind of show you step by step what you need to do. Can you remember when Abraham, you know, Abraham was in a situation because, you know, God told Abraham, Abraham, hey, we're finna go to a land. Where we going, God? I'm going to show you. Which way I go, God, you go that way, and then I'll show you where you're going. Can you imagine his family? Well, Abraham, where are we going? What the Lord finna tell us? He, he's showing it right now. What he's he going, well, how we gonna get there? You know, all kinds of questions they could ask. But when Abraham went, they saw the more that he went. And this is what you're going to know When you're walking by faith and not by sight, you have to continue to take steps. Sometimes you don't quite understand, but God has the final say-so. Now, when it comes to Cornelius, we look at his life. According to the text, Cornelius had influence. He was being influenced by God in a way that changed his life his household, Peter's life, and many that were connected to Cornelius. Let's go to Acts chapter 10 and verse 1. Acts chapter 10 and verse 1. Notes of the Bible says, there was a certain man in Sisera called Cornelius, a centurion, what was called the Italian regiment. He was a centurion. He was an officer in the Roman army. and Cornelius was a Roman centurion of the Italian regiment, He was stationed in Sisera, who converted to Christianity. And according to which particular uh, historian you read about, they say he had anywhere from 100 to 600 soldiers under him. Now, he was a leader in his day, both in military as well as his home. And I believe that God desires for us to lead in our community, in our jobs, in our business, in our families, and so forth. And one reason I believe that Cornelius was such a good leader can be described in Acts chapter 10 and verse 2. I'm going to read it to you and go back and explain it to you. I'll give you more insight into it. It says this, a devout man and one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. So we see here he was a devout man. He was dutiful. He was well reverent. And he also feared or he reverenced God or he feared God with all his household. See, he was a wise and a skillful man. And what's seen by his work habit, the fact that he was an officer in the Roman army suggests he knew how to carry himself. He knew how to influence others. And a sign of a good leader is that they have the ability to communicate and influence others to carry out specific tasks, instructions, and such like. Leaders must be wise to deal with people with different levels of skills, talents, intelligence, experience, and let's not forget different personalities. You know, you might be a good leader, but a good personality can test your leadership, can't it? I've only got two amens right there. Y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. A good personality will test your leadership. It takes wisdom that comes from God to truly be effective. Notice in Proverbs chapter 9 and verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So the fear or the reverence or respect of the Lord is the beginning it's the start of wisdom being skillful and being shrewd it's a start that means you don't you start there you don't end there you keep on working becoming more effective in what you do for the kingdom of god and the knowledge of the holy one is understanding to be shrewd suggests that a person is quick practical, and clever, astute when it comes to observing and negotiating matters and carrying out tasks and instructions. And as we learned more about Cornelius, we'll see that he was indeed a man who feared God as well as a wise man. He was wise in the eyes of scripture. See, me, see some of us may be wise in matters of school, finances, fixing the car, operating machinery, and so forth, and that's good, whatever your skill is, but to be wise in the things of God takes our wisdom to another level. Not only was Cornelius wise, but he knew how to use his wisdom, and that's one thing you got to understand about wisdom, it's only as good as how well you can use it. Mm, mm, that's good, God. We, we, kinda, we must be wise in how to apply the wisdom we need for the guidance so God can properly apply, help us to apply the wisdom, which in my opinion takes a lifetime of learning. And some of you know you've been around God long enough that you, you're amazed at how God has brought you from one level to another level. He has taught you how to pray more effectively. He has taught you how to walk by faith more effectively. He's taught you how to be a better husband or a better wife more effectively. He's taught you how to be married or single more effectively. He's continuing to teach you how to be a better Christian. But it didn't start out that way. Remember, it's the beginning of wisdom. You continue to grow in your wisdom when it comes to God. You grow. You learn. You're always learning. You will never stop learning because you're always dealing with circumstance and situation that's going to test what you know. Ooh, thank God he tests what I know. Ooh, glory be to God. Mm, glory be to God. Godly wisdom will teach us the principles of giving in God's way. God will teach how to prepare to give long before we get to the house with our particular gifts. When we learn how to apply his wisdom, we we receive it, we execute his instructions that brings about the results he's looking for. So when we give, we're looking for that window to be open. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over to your and giving to our bosom. Lord, thank God, I'll give, bring my tithes and give a good offering. He'll open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing with room enough to receive. And thank God he's still pouring out right now. You know when God started to pour out, he never stops pouring out then that's a good thing for me to know because I want God to continue to pour out in my life because I, I deal with everyday life. I deal with everyday circumstances. I deal with my everyday family. I deal with everyday job. I deal with everyday business. I need God to continue to pour out in my life. How many need God to pour out in your life? Who, do Anybody want God to stop? I want, you need to be prayed for if you do pray God. You need God to continue to pour out in your life. Remember, we talked about earlier, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. That means you got to keep stepping. Keep stepping. Keep stepping. And each time you step, you need, oh, thank you, Lord. Because every time you step, he he lights your pathway. He lights your pathway. He lights your pathway. Thank you for lighting our pathway, God. Thank you for lighting our pathway. Now let's look at Acts chapter ten. Uh, since, excuse me, Acts chapter ten, verse two. Another trait about Cornelius who gave alms generously. He gave alms. He prepared and made ready alms generously, large amounts to the people. We can see we can see that he shared with others out of his resources. Cornelius also had a mindset to pray, and notice this and prayed to God always notice he made supplications or made requests to god always or constantly or continuously we can see in the text that Cornelius was a man that we can consider him a Christ-minded man. He was devout. He was a man who did what was respected and required of him as a man in his home, on his job, and wherever he was, he was a responsible man. And we need to be responsible as men and women of God, accountable, answerable, and reliable. He feared and referenced God. Cornelius respected and referenced God. He was a generous giver. Giving was his life lifestyle, and you need to have a lifestyle of giving, and he was a praying man. He believed in involving God in his life. He believed in the two-way conversation with God, and he believed in communion with God. In fact, Cornelius prayed to the point that he knew God, he knew God. He knew God. He, he knew what God, when God was doing certain things, he knew it was God. I'm going to prove it to you in just a moment here. And in prayer, we ask God to get involved. And I believe through his relationship with the Lord, he asked God to get involved with him and his household. All the persons forming that one family. Not necessarily kin, but they were of Cornelius household but it also would include his kinfolks as well the descendants of his one or his family and since he was a man of prayer and prayer is asking God to get involved remember one of the definitions I've kind of adopted and kind of love about prayer is that we're asking God to get involved I want God to get involved I want God to get involved how many want God to get involved I want God to get involved with my household. I want God to be involved with my job and my business and so forth. And so he goes on to say this in verse 3. Acts chapter 10, verse 3. About the ninth hour of the day. Let me say this to you before I go and read verse 3. I don't believe that this was not something that Cornelius did just one time. And then he got all these accolades written about him in verse two. I believe he had established a lifestyle of doing these things. I believe that he had done this. The Bible doesn't say if it was for months or years or whatever, but he had established a lifestyle of being a devout man, one who gave, one who prayed, and so forth. He had established that. He had, listen, he wouldn't know Johnny come lately. This man prayed. This man gave. This man referenced God. This man did what the Bible says he did. And when he done this, we pick this up in verse 3. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in the vision the angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. Notice they call him by his name. His name. I mean, let me tell you something. That's powerful right there. They knew, the angel knew Cornelius' name. Then he go, hey, you, brother, or nothing. Hey, Cornelius. Cornelius. And it says about the ninth hour of the day. He saw clearly. I like the word clearly. That means it was the sting. It wasn't a figment of his imagination. He could plainly see what he saw. And it was also open to him. He, he, he didn't go around wondering, I wonder, is my mind playing tricks on me? Cornelius could see plainly what was taking place in his life. He clearly saw in a vision an angel of God approaching him and speaking to him personally to the point of calling him by name. Now, we know salvation is the first step, building and investing and establish a solid relationship with Jesus. According to his written and revealed word allows us to see and experience things that others will not see. And see, prayer helps build that relationship. Referencing and respecting Jesus as sovereign, all-knowing, all-powerful, all all present God helps build that relationship and will teach us to rely on him and place confidence in him regardless of what we see or feel. And I love the fact that Carnegie saw the vision of the angel with clarity. A person of influence needs to be able to see and understand with clarity so when they're impacted, they can impact somebody else. The Lord knows how to get the message to the one who had the influence in the household. Even today, the Lord knows how to get the message to your family. He knows how to get it to your family. If God got to use your child to get it to you, he'll get it to you. If God got to use your husband or your wife to get it to you, he'll get it to you. If God got to have your auntie to come ring the doorbell and get you the message from the Lord, he will give you a message from the Lord. Because God, listen, he's not limited by us. God has unlimited possibilities. He knows how to do all things, save fail. Even today, we see how God, got the, excuse me, how God gets messages to us. Whether it's through a, our written and revealed word, whether it's through a message on a Sunday morning, he knows how to get the message to us. And it's still, he's speaking clear and he's speaking plainly. Messages of deliverance, healing, prosperity, salvation are coming forth plainly and clearly. And when we are steadfast in doing what we know and understand to do according to God's word, we must have confidence that God sees all and he knows all. No good deeds that that we say or do. God has not forgotten about nothing that you've done. Not one thing that you've done, God. Listen, you may have forgotten about it, but God has forgotten about it. People will forget about it, but God will not forget about it. Listen, when you do what you're supposed to do according to the will of God, you can listen, it may be years down the road, but God will never forget your labor of love. Never forget your labor of love. We'll show it to you in just a moment here. The Lord remembers our giving, our prayers, and how we carry out our assignment for him. He knows the time, the preparation, effort that we put in things that pertains to him, his people, and his church. Whether it's a lot or a little, he knows. In the Cornelius case, God saw great effort as well as his attitude and how he executed the plans and the desires of God, as we see in Acts chapter 10 and verse 4. And when he observed him. He was afraid. But you know something he said, though, that kind of is interesting to me? What is it, Lord? How did he know? Because he spent time with him. He knew God. He knew God. He knew God. And one thing, when you know God, you can say and respond in certain ways when you know God. When Mary was, went to the wedding and they ran out of wine, Mary said, hey, get my son. <laughs> you know why? She knew God. She knew God. She knew her son had, did, could do something that others couldn't do. Are right, y'all following me? Here? And saying, when you know God. You know God would do something that others will forget about. They said, God can't hear you. Oh, y'all don't know my God. They say God can't bring them out. Oh, you don't know my God. You don't, they say God can't supply the need. Oh, you don't know my God. You know something about God. The, other, the others do not know. Why? Because you spend time with him. Why? You, you know his track record. Woo-wee. You know his track record. You know if he did it once, he can do it again. Lord, don't mess around and do it one time because all I need is one reference point of when you did it before. I'm going to bring it back up. I'm going to bring it back up that time you healed my body. I'm going to bring it back up that time you met the need. I'm going to bring it back up that time you did this, that, and the other in my life. I'm going to bring it back up because your word would not return back to your void, but it will. It's got something to get back. Let me get back. Let me get back. And he says this. Your prayers and your arms have come up for a memorial before God. Notice this. Your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial, that by which a memory of any personal thing is preserved, a remembrance, but notice also it come. It came before who? God. See, Cornelius had tapped into something special. His prayer life uh, was on God's radar. His giving was on God's radar. His prayers and his arms had come at memorial before God. In my opinion, Cornelius was serious about communion with God, involving God with his life and his family. His prayers and giving was a memory before God. You know, I was thinking about this and never really says for sure. I think sometimes probably what Cornelius had gave, he had probably forgotten about some of the times he gave. But God didn't forget about none of them. Sometimes I, I see one thing I thought about this. There was some, probably some prayers that Cornelius had prayed for his family that he said, you know, he probably forgotten about. It. He had prayed them for so long and he was saying, God, I know you're going to do it. I don't know when and I don't know how. But he woke up one day doing what he normally do, praying, seeking the face of God and his life and his family life about to change for the better so you don't know what day it is do you y'all miss that you got to get that you don't know what day it is that your life is about to change for the better you can't take a day like this for granted because you got to remember that this is the day that the lord has made i'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. You can't, you can't under, underestimate this day. You know, this could be the day you come out of death. This could be the day your family get delivered. This could be the day you get your body healed. This could be the day. This could be the. It was just the day that Cornelius was going to. The way it reads, he was just he doing what he normally do. He prayed. He prayed. He was a man who prayed. And when he prayed, Bible said, it became clear. It became clear. All of them prayers he had prayed before, this one became clear. He saw clearly in vision. The and then he said, what is it, Lord? He knew he was talking to him, didn't he? He didn't start rebuking devils. He didn't say, you know, all that kind of stuff. He knew it was the Lord. So he said to him, your prayers and your arms will come up before a memorial before God. Now, verse 5, now send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. He will tell you what you must do. I want you to notice all the instructions that the angel gave him in this particular in this text here. Notice all the instructions he gave him. And then all of a sudden, he cut it off. Now, I told you what you must do. I told you who you need to go see. I, I told you who you need to go get. I'm going to tell you their address, where they live at. So don't tell, listen, if they tell you he ain't here, they lying to you. Because I know exactly where Peter is. And then he said, and then when you find Peter, Peter going to tell you what you must do. Peter is going to tell you what you must do. You see that how God uses, he'll, he'll give you so many instructions, but he always leaves it into the hands of a man or woman of God to tell you what you must do, what you must execute, what you must carry out, what you must do in order to go to that next level. Now, y'all know if God gave him this many instructions, he could have told him else what else to do. I mean, it wasn't like God didn't know. God knew exactly what Cornelius and his household needed to do. But he said, no, nah, I want you to go get Peter. I want you to go get Peter. And so he went. and I, I'm, So they went and they got Peter. And went and got Peter. And uh, Peter was still going through some issues himself. I mean, Peter still had to get delivered himself. Let me say this to you. that Most men and women of God I know got to be delivered themselves to. They need, they need to have a relationship with Jesus too. Because sometimes you can get a situation and, and you the influencer. You're the one who God going to use. But sometimes you got to get yourself in a position so you can be influenced the right way. You got to be influenced the right way. Because sometimes, can, can I be honest with Richard Dobbs? I'm not talking about none of y'all here in the sanctuary. I'm talking about me. Sometimes I am not the best influence. I'm not the best influence. So I had to repent and say, God, help me to be a better influence. I need to be a better influence. I need to be a better influence. You know what I thought was interesting about that? Before, when he sent men to Peter, the Bible says he went and got uh, three people. two two, Two servants, and one was a devout man one who was similar to Cornelius. It see, Cornelius had somebody who was following him like he followed Christ and was picking up the characteristics that Cornelius had. And when you see somebody like that, you, that's why scriptures like 1 Corinthians 11 and 1 imitate me as I also imitate Christ. Paraphrasing. We need to see Jesus in each and every one of us. A little Jesus in each and every one of us. A little Jesus in each and every one of us. So they went and they got Peter. And at, when they got Peter, the Lord started dealing with Peter. And finally, Peter got saved enough so he can go and minister to Cornelius and his household. Because he wasn't he wasn't there yet when, it, when, when they went and got him. You can read that in your spare time read the verse between what it stopped at, down to verse 23, 24, somewhere in the neighborhood. and you'll see that Peter was ready, but God got them ready. Now, when he got them ready, they started to come back. And Acts 10 and 24 tells us this. On the following day, they entered Sisera. Now Cornelius was waiting for them, and it called together his relatives and close friends. Notice how he assembled his relatives and close friends together. Because why? Their life is about to change for the better. Notice his influence over his relatives and close friends. Because when I'm looking at texts like this, I'm thinking, they must, he must have had a godly influence over his relatives and close friends. Because if he didn't, I don't think where they would assemble together. I think they knew That if Cornelius call us together, he ain't playing no games. He is a man of integrity. He's a devout man. He's one who fears God. He's a praying man. He has done this over the years. If he call us together, it's going to be for a good reason. It's going to be for a good reason. I wonder if we call people together, how would people respond to when we call them together? How would people respond if you was to invite somebody to your church? How would they respond if you invited somebody to have a meeting, a prayer in your household? How would they respond? I hope it won't be a situation like that. They don't even pray themselves. So, how in the world? They're gonna call a prayer meeting and they'll even pray themselves. How, but Cornelius, let me say this Cornelius must have been a godly influence. Because when he called them together, it's just like we see in Hebrews 10 and 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. They assembled together. And despite like they did in Acts 10 and 24, Hebrews 10 and 25, they assembled together. They assembled together. And I believe truly it changed, it's going to change their life for the better. But notice all of this came because of Cornelius' influence. It came because of Cornelius' influence. God used his influence in order to gather these people together, and now their life about to change. Remember, all of this started because of Cornelius was praying one day, an angel came and visited him. Cornelius, I need you to go send for Peter. Peter back now, he get ready to minister, and their life get ready to change. And listen, it don't take but one meeting. To change somebody's life like they've never been changed before. And we pick this up in Acts chapter 10, verse 44, and we going to read down to verse 48. And while Peter began to minister to the household, and while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit, it fell upon all those who heard the word. So Peter began to, to speak the word. And when he spoke the word, the Holy Spirit failed. And I like that word that it failed, it embraced them. The Holy Spirit embraced those who heard the word. They understood it. Now they understand it, they believe the word. And when people hear and understand the word, their life can change for the better. How do you know, Pastor Doc? Because I look in the sanctuary and I see how your life has changed for the better. I see how your life, your marriage, your single life, your job, your business, your finances have changed for the better. You can say things like better is here and better is coming. Bigger is here and bigger is coming. Because the word has changed your life for the better. You don't think like you used to think. You think and talk and act more like Jesus. And he says they heard the word. And in verse 45. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out on the Gentiles also. Let me say this to you. One thing we see in this text here is that Peter was ministering, but the Lord was ministering even greater. Now, could the Lord have did it without Peter? Yeah. But the Lord said, I'm going to use Peter. And just like God can use Cornelius and God can use Peter, God can use you as well. God can use you as well. We see Cornelius as a man of influence. We see Peter as a man of influence. But I'm looking in the sanctuary and I see you can be the same type of influence. Following God's guidelines, following the Holy Spirit, being Christ minded, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. You can do this, you can be used just like Cornelius and Peter was. Now remember, Cornelius only knew so much. He didn't know like Peter knew, he didn't understand, have understanding like Peter did. But you know what? He got it now. <laughs> Woo! Because that Holy Spirit just fell on them, and notice what else happened here in verse 46. For they heard them speak or other sounds with tongues and magnify God. Ooh-wee. Boy, what an experience has happened in their life. This was listen, their life. No, let me say this their prayer life is about to take on a whole new level. There. Listen, they thought they were giving one, at one point. Now they're giving. Get ready to go to a whole new level. Now you see how they, were, uh, they reverence God. They were devout. This is going to go to a whole new level. Why? Because they got the power of the Holy Spirit working on the inside of them now. And this all took place because Cornelius, the man of influence, he prayed and then he invited them together to hear Peter. And I'm thinking, who in, in this sanctuary that God's going to use so somebody can come and hear you too? Mm-mm. woo Pastor, I don't know it like you. Well, you know, you give them what you got, and then we'll work together in order for them to go to that next level. And then we see also here in the text, they, 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 they received the Holy Spirit, they're speaking in tongues, then in 47, can anyone forbid water? That these should not be baptized or submerged in water, who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. And so now they're baptized in water in the name of Jesus. Boy, they're having church, y'all. They are having church right here. They are literally have they have been filled with the Holy Spirit. They're being baptized in the name of Jesus. And now, verse now, Peter thought he was done. He said, No, you ain't done yet, Peter. Because in verse 48, he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then they asked him to stay or abide a few days. Woo-wee. Powerful takeaways from Cornelius' household experience. Remember, he started out just as a man who just was loving Jesus, was devoted to God, gave alms, referenced God, feared God, him and his household. And they now one meet one prayer, one day in prayer one day in prayer has changed him and his household forever because Cornelius was a man of influence and you know what when I look around this sanctuary you are a person of influence you can change some listen God can use you to change somebody's life for the better Well, Pastor Dobbs, I don't know scripture like senior ministers. Well, when you and senior ministers work together, y'all can make change somebody's life for the better. Well, I don't know like sister so-and-so or brother so-and-so, y'all can work together and then y'all can get somebody's life changed for the better. See, therefore, when you go out witnessing, you always take somebody who's seasoned with you and you take somebody else with you. Why? Because y'all work together. You may be the person that gets the door open and they may be the one Who minister but can it be done today yeah it can be done today yeah and let me say this to you I know it was Cornelius and Peter but I can look around and we can uh, team up deacon with minister so-and-so we can team up brother with senior minister so-and-so we can team up sister with senior minister so-and-so why because you can make a difference a person of influence and again they gathered together. What do we learn from this? They gathered together to unity and expectation. Secondly, they heard the word. Thirdly, they received the Holy Spirit. Fourthly, they spoke with tongues and the Spirit gave them utterance. Fifth, they were baptized in the name of Jesus. And sixth, they continued in the word, in the word. A few days after this experience, Peter stayed. And we believe he ministered in the word for a few days afterwards. All this started because of Cornelius, a man of influence, used his influence to change a household. I'm saying this to all of us in the sanctuary. Let us use our influence to change a household. And if you can't do it by yourself, get somebody who is more experienced, more word-based than you to go with you. Because that's what, listen, those were the instructions that the angel gave Cornelius. And I believe you're still getting them same instructions today that I can be a person of influence that can influence somebody's in life for the better. And not just Pastor Dobbs, but real quickly, when we close, look in the same. Look around the sanctuary. Look around. Look behind you. Look beside you. Look left of you. Look right of you. Look behind you. Front. Every, look every way. Put that. Look, look around you. That person can be a person of influence too. They can change somebody's life
1: for the better. We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's message. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your prayer request. And testimonies to our website at OCCVR.org. That's OCCVR.org. We would like to invite you to partner with us as we share the gospel all around the world. Just go to our website at OCCVR.org. Click on the Give button to give online, or you can utilize text to give Text Give, to the number 770-692-2225. That's 770-692-2225. Join us on our YouTube channel, subscribe to our podcast, and connect with us on social media. We also invite you to join us in a live service. We're located at 3097 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia. Visit our website for more details at occvr.org. Until next time, remember, without a vision, the people perish. See you next time for more Heaven Bound with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia.